I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. On today's show, we're talking about the topic of being embarrassed by other women leaders in the world, specifically around female prime ministers of the UK. What we're asking is many things, but most of all, maybe we need to stop looking at gender and accepting that our leaders are human beings. It's got nothing to do with boobs or bums. Dawn, here we are again. <laughs> yes. And I this is this is a topic for me that sometimes has me just completely screaming internally. And it's the one about, you know, women figures out there in the world that are women making a right balls up or something. Yes. I it 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 gets me screaming inside as well, but it, I have very conflicting, I have very conflicting thoughts. So, in the name of being strong, independent, hardworking, resourceful, clever female who wants to celebrate others doing that, um, then it's like, fuck's sake, yeah. <laughs> what what the hell are what you doing, hell? woman? On the other hand. What then irritates me, even, I, I, you know, I myself about this is how many men mess it up or make balls up, significant balls ups, but we don't ever attach that to their gender. No, we don't. But there's, there's, the, and so I can see why uh, women get annoyed at that. So, and, and li little things provoke me. So in the media, <clears throat> social media, um, after she was, after she resigned. And we are, just for our listeners, this conversation and topic came out of us sharing what we thought about Liz Truss as, yeah. not as Liz as a, an individual, but the, you know, the end of the day, she was on the world stage and we were sharing our thoughts around what we thought as women about how she did. Because let's face it, as the joke in the media went, she lasted less time than lettuce. She lasted less time than lettuce. But what pissed me off was, and I agree with that, she balls it up. Yeah. She, it was a shit show. She did a bad job. Fact. Uh, was that was was that because she was a woman? No. Um, however, what then, it, so I'm not a Liz Truss fan. I, I wouldn't have voted her in. The the irritation then on social media, there was a lot of um, posts. You know, she was a shit prime minister, but she's got a nice rack. There was a look because she's quite curvy and she, she's got, well, she's got, she's got a fantastic yeah, hair. And you know what? But what the hell has that got to do? It's got nothing to do with it. And I'm like, oh my God. And people wonder why then as women we are then outraged at being judged on our gender when we're in powerful positions because the minute we mess up it goes to what are we wearing what color lipstick do we have what are we fat are we thin 
in Lizzie's case, oh, thanks for the compliment that she's got a great pair of boobs, which she has, by the way, but what has that got to do with anything? got nothing to do with it because if a man messed up, you know, you wouldn't go down the route of, oh, yeah, they messed up, but hey, what a great butt he's got. (laughs) No, you wouldn't even occur to us. No. And I'll tell you the one that always pisses me off royally is when, and I've seen this in the workplace before, when you'll hear, you know, somebody's messed up. And if it's a female, you'll sometimes hear the conversation come out where somebody goes, oh, maybe she's got PMT. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's not great, no. So, I mean, go on, what were you going to say? If we were to just sideline all of those um, inappropriate uh, aspects of being a woman in power for a second. And if you just say to me, Liz Trust, third female prime minister of the UK, made a right shit show of it, balls up on a great grand scale. Did it embarrass you? My gut reaction is yes. Oh, absolutely. That and um, you know, this is where the conversation started for us when we first started talking about. It. I was, I was embarrassed because, and I guess part of the embarrassment is my belief that the world would go down that gender route. It's because she's a woman. She, you know, she's not powerful enough. She's not this. She's not that. It's got. Fuck all to do with what sex she was born as, for Christ's sake. But there is an element, I believe, in society, especially in, let's call it the professional society, where when a woman balls up, they do blame it on the fact that they're a woman. And even if that isn't, if that sentence isn't outrightly spoken, there is that connotation through its, you know, that narrative sprinkles all the way through it. Why is it, do you think, why is it, do you think that we would take, I'm going to say take it personally, maybe that's not the right sentence. Why do you think it's important to us that when a woman is in a powerful position that they don't fuck it up? They're they're representing women, yeah, which isn't necessarily something that we should expect of them, but we do. They're representing women. When a woman in a powerful position on the world stage balls up, that that for me brings in some people will think all women are useless. And also, if you go back in history, and I know we've got an episode in the future on this, but if you go back in history, we were not equal. There were people out there fighting for equality for women. We get frigging equality to the point where, you know, we've got women in, you know, at the end of the day, she was leading a country. And when she fucks it up, there's an element in me that goes, great, that's a really good example of a bloody woman being worth being in that position. And I think that's part of that is society, that that's what society's done. They've often, you know, there's often been this thing about women aren't maybe capable, women aren't the best, all this, lot, which is totally pants and bollocks, for want of a better word. But it's where my brain went. It's like, how many, you know, let's let's look at this, because, it, you know, the reason we're talking about this now is it's it's happened recently. It's happened in the last couple of months. There may be CEOs out there that are now judging the women candidates for senior board roles slightly differently because they've just gone through a period where a female's got the top job in the country and made a right shit show of it. And here is another little slant on that. Are we, as women, 
helping that cause by admitting that it was embarrassing? Um, probably not. I hadn't thought of that one. That's a great question. Are we? Are we? We're not helping that cause because we're we're now down a route of you know she's a female. She's an example for females in the whole of the UK because she got topped up in the UK, and we're embarrassed that as a woman she messed it up. You know, at the end of the day, if you look back through UK politics, you know, <laughs> who was that one? John Major. I never felt embarrassed that he was a complete nincompoop. Yeah. Boris Johnson sometimes behaves like a bloody complete child. I mean, it. it uh, Boris Johnson has been embarrassing as a leader at times. <laughs> did, I, did I attach that embarrassment? Did I take that embarrassment as personally as I did? For me, no. I just found the guy a bit of a nincompoop. He had some good ideas. I just yeah. found him a bit of a nincompoop. But did I... Did that stir something in me that said, what a frigging embarrassment that is to womanhood? No. Whereas no, with Liz, it did. And what I'm interested about that is, um, so see, we're just honest people. So the fact that we may be uncovering uh, uh, aspects about ourselves that, that aren't pretty, if I, and that's part of why we do this podcast, that honesty. Uh, but then, and this for me is where the conflict is. So when we first started, well, this is what I said, I, I often feel conflicted in these topics because on one hand, I will strip naked and parade like an absolute warrior beast for the equality of mankind, let alone just yeah. womankind. And I resolutely and then immediately was embarrassed when a woman fucked it up. That's not uplifting. And so I wonder how we reconcile all of that. It's it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, I just, I don't know. It's it's a really hard one, how we reconcile it. I, I'm not sure that we can, because I think there'll be some people out there that had no feelings about the fact she was a woman and she fucked it up. Yeah, sure. But, you know, and it's the same for other areas, you know, um, Rushi got into the seat and the first thing that I saw in the media when that happened, other than Boris Johnson coming home from his holiday to try and get another shot at it, which I thought was frigging hilarious. Hilarious for a start. <laughs> like, really? Come on, mate. <laughs> um, but Rushi got in and then I was seeing things in the media about him being wealthy. Is he the right person to run the country because he's wealthy? just put that in as well so although although being brown and being wealthy and being a woman they are different things but all of those are up for discrimination yeah. in a where a white male demographic doesn't have those impacts no they don't I, I you know and it's just to me it it's got nothing to do with what his state of wealth is it really doesn't have anything to do with Liz Trust being female. It doesn't have anything to do with Boris Johnson having been to Eton or whatever public school he went to. But society picks up on these things. And when somebody balls up, sometimes because they don't take responsibility for their fecking actions, but when somebody balls up to that degree... I think as a society, we latch on to the one thing that resonates for us and says, that's why she's a woman. Oh, he's too wealthy. He's obviously not going to think about the poor man. 
oh, he was he was educated in a public environment. How is he going to serve the, you know, your everyday working person? Well, I hate to say this, you know, Sharma, is it Sharma, the leader of the opposition, Keith? Yeah, yeah. You know, Labour, the Labour Party the leader. The Labour Party leader, yeah. <laughs> See, I know, he, you know, the, he, somebody fakes up and we know their name. But you look at the Labour Party leader, he plays on this. He plays on the fact that they're not going to serve working class people. You know what? Just get None some. Of None of them do. Do any person who gets to be the leader of a country, any country, Nelson Mandela aside. Yeah, I mean, I was about his name came to me because his entire being was uniting a country. That was different, but any any politician who has gone down a political route to become a leader has not. Well, by the time they get there, their job is to run the country. And, it, and, it, and fundamentally, it's a business. I mean, I'm being really simplified here. It is. Fundamentally, it is a business, though. job isn't actually uh, uh, the, the, the decisions that they make at that level are so far past looking after John, who's a bus driver, that, you know, the narrative to get the votes uh, includes some of that caring and sharing. But I And this is why I think... You're deluded. Anybody is deluded, regardless of party. By the time they get in into power, that's not the uh, objective. The narrative that they speak is to get them voted so that that party is in charge. And then they do that by politicising everything. <clears throat> so even if the Conservative Party are in, in power and the Labour are having a pop or vice versa, it doesn't matter which way round it is, it's the job of the opposing party to slam the one that's in 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 power, um, but then when they get in power, have you ever, Tracy? Ever? This is my favourite political question. Have you ever known any era of any party where the poor have stopped being poor? No, me neither. So, will you stop talking to me about <laughs> wealthy people running the country and how it doesn't help the poor? Because even when Labour, let's say, whose job it is, if you like, to to be more focused on the working man. Poor people are still poor. Whoever's in charge, in whatever era, whenever. So that just, I'm locked out of that whole narrative entirely. I tell you what, that narrative does me because, you know, no matter who's running the country, you know, wealthy person, person who's supporting the working class, whatever, at the end of the day... 20% 20% of somebody who earns 600 quid a month has a bigger impact on their life than 45% of somebody who earns 200,000 a year. Yeah, it's it's all it's all an economy of scale that, you know, I just found it I found it crazy because then when we do look at the um the Rushy situation and the Boris Johnson situation, I I don't Although I felt embarrassed that a woman had screwed up to that degree. And I think the bigger thing that pissed me off, she was trying to blame every bugger else for it. Yeah, please, please, please just at least take responsibility. Take responsibility or shut the fuck up and stop blaming everybody else. I mean, at one point there was like, you know, she got asked a question. um, There's the Sunday morning breakfast show. um, Laura Kapinski, I think it is. She had Liz Truss on at the time. This is before she resigned. So this is while all this stuff was going on about what they'd agreed to do. 
And ultimately, what Liz Truss admitted is that even the cabinet weren't spoke to about this decision, about what they were going to put in. And I'm like, so basically what we've got, forget that she's a woman. We've got a senior leader of this country literally admitting that a couple of people in power made a decision unilaterally, never even got advice on it, never spoke to anybody else in cabinet, just put in a frigging shit show as a surprise. Yeah, let's just get into power. Let's pull something out of our ass, fuck it up, blame everybody else and resign. Thank you. <laughs> I think the resignation was... not so Thanks for showing up, Liz. Well done. Well yeah, done. Yeah, thanks yeah, for thank being there, girl. But I, to be honest, I don't think she necessarily resigned out of choice. I, I think there was a lot of pressure on her to do that. But it's, it, I don't know... It, one of, I mean, Rushi did it and maybe he had to because it was all part of bringing the Conservatives back together. But he actually thanked her for what she had done and did mention that she had some great ideas. Right. So this is is also so so the, the leader has to prioritise. Again, this is another priority above and beyond looking after the welfare of our citizens. They have to prioritise cohesion in their party. Yeah. It's when there's not cohesion in the party, stocks and 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 market price drops the pound drop there's when we're seen as being run by a party that's not cohesive it affects our economy yeah. it does it does and so he has to prioritize that yeah. and there are wider reasons for it and people much cleverer than me would be able to explain the ins and outs of that but that's the bottom line so he has to prioritize cohesion he has to provide yeah because the uncertainty is what the world market reacts to yeah it's like our own egos our egos go bloody ape inside our bodies if there's too much uncertainty because we don't like uncertainty. The world market doesn't. But what I found quite interesting when he did his sort of speech on the day he went into number 10, he actually made a very thought-provoking comment, which was the idea she had, this idea about drop the higher rate tax level because it does attract people coming to the country, yeah? point she she had you could see where she she could see where it was going however it it, it's basic it's basic economics you don't borrow billions to provide for that for fuck's sake you know that that that's literally like that's just delusion that irritated me is you look at i'm going to be quite traditional here you look at an av- just a, a housewife. You have to manage economics. You have to organise multiple people. You have to, like, running a household. And I am often quoted against male peers that have up in the government. A, a housewife would do a better job. And I think that that really upset me that Liz didn't kind of bring some of those skill sets into play interesting tracy so picking up on the bit that we both agree on with regards to certainty Theresa may is as solid as they come she's solid she's hard working she rolls up her sleeve she doesn't seek media attention in a, in the way that some of our leaders you know that we see them now um she's a solid human being we didn't like her either. Well, I can't speak for everybody. I did no. meet. I did meet her once. I was at a women's 
I used to live down in um, in Berkshire. She, I think she was Buckinghamshire. Anyway, went to a network meeting once where it was a women's lunch along with networking and she was the guest of honour, so to speak. So she was actually there. But So I can only speak for myself. And it was quite funny that the charisma... I mean, she's not massively charismatic, but at that luncheon, she did have more charisma than she showed as Prime Minister. But that's think, my opinion. Right. And I think my point with this is that on one hand, we slag uh, uh, current politics because we are voting on people who have charisma over policy. Yeah. You get somebody who absolutely didn't um go down that route for on popularity contest uh and 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 she didn't manage to hold our interest no. for very long either no, um, i think she was the female equivalent of john major she was the female equivalent of john major and if you remember the spitting image stuff john major was always black and white as a puppet <laughs> yeah and she got thrown in at a, a rather difficult time. And, yeah, and she did. But then let's uh, go to the first female prime minister, Margaret Thatcher, Marmite in personification. Yeah. I mean, this was a stoic woman. Stoic. Yeah. And the fact that she was, I think you've got to remember the era that yeah. she reigned the 70s, that the equality for females at that point was absolutely abysmal. It was horrific. Uh, you can't, also, you can't throw the. She, she was a greengrocer's daughter. Yeah, she was a greengrocer's daughter, a female who came through politics. She was a wife. She was a mom, and and at probably one of the most difficult times to become a party leader in the or a world leader. She did it, and mm. she she uh, was the longest reigning uh uh prime minister of modern times yeah. there are people i think you you put me straight on this actually there's people in the 17 and 1800s that were there longer but certainly in modern times so from a a, a female figure let's say who has held power let's not debate whether we agreed with all of her policy or not that's separately how do i feel about margaret thatcher representing women Actually, I think for a woman in that era to lead a country for such a long time, whether you agreed with her politics or not, you've got to give her some props. Yeah, she she was she was again, you know, her policies and whether you agree them or not aside for several years of her tenure, she was a force to be reckoned with. And what we we probably can't measure but it's impossible for it not to have influenced is the impact that having a female leader for 11 years through an era that was highly discriminative against women, the trickle down from that, the impact of that uh, probably is generational. Without oh, yeah. A was such a divisive character and some of her policies were so divisive you 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 can very easily get sucked into the right and wrong of her policies but if we remove that and just go what did i wonder what impact she had for females it's impossible for that not to have been 
something pretty special and generational yeah. Impossible. I mean, massive impact. Because if you think, I mean, I think it was seventy nine. She came into power. She'd been a she'd been a politician for a long time prior to that. And you look at the eighties. I mean, I was still at school, but you know, I remember what was going on in the world at the time, so to speak. And there was at that time there was a lot of female empowerment coming forward. A lot of it. It was. And what I love about her as well is. She was so non-sexual. She, like... Oh God, yeah. Well, I was going to say to you the thing with Maggie. What I what resonates with me for Maggie is she ran that country like a bloody bloke. She ran it right. So I would say she ran it like a woman, like a woman runs that ho- our households. Yeah. But um, she, she was she was she didn't charisma was not her. Thing. her sexuality wasn't her thing she was very conservative in the way she dressed and her makeup and her hair and all the rest of it um she had they made her have voice coaching so that her voice came down in tone because it was too highly pitched really yeah um i, I watched that on a was it a documentary i can't remember um and and be, and if you listen to recordings of her while she was an mp a long time before she became prime minister her voice was a lot higher pitched and it got on people's nerves <laughs> but it's an era of you know and and so she had to have voice voice coaching to uh, to do that but she um i i'm going to pitch maggie thatcher as an extraordinary female regardless oh, yeah. of what it- not talking about a policy but she she absolutely smashed it yeah she's the longest leading prime minister of this country of modern times she's actually the seventh in history which is incredible when you especially from that era and didn't get voted because she was hot and had great boobs didn't get voted because she was charismatic in the classic sense she hardly chatted people up she hard she wasn't warm um uh and so but interestingly do you relate to her as a female because I actually don't um I do because she she was feminine she wasn't feminine but she was female and I think I think maybe that's the distinction, certainly that I tend to lock onto these days. It's not about your gender. It, right. We have right. got feminine and masculine. But yeah, she definitely wasn't feminine, was she? <laughs> Did you ever see her shoes? I mean, come on, crikey. No stilettos there, please. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I think the bit that did it from, I mean, I didn't agree with all her policies because I came from a mining community and there was a lot of uproar in the mining communities with her. But I think the bit that turned for me when I look back at her as a woman in power was her behaviour got almost tantrum-like when she started losing trust. And I think, you know, whether you're male, female, masculine or feminine, there's no point throwing frigging tantrums when you're suddenly not the flavour of the day anymore. And again, men do that. Yeah, they do. Boris has done it. Clearly he's done it. He got on a plane to come back from holiday to see if he could have a second shot. Um, I think how I would like this to land moving forward, I suppose, is 
maybe the way to shift the narrative maybe instead of as females us relying on men not judging us by our energy be it feminine or masculine or gender or sexuality you know for you all any all you know all of that maybe it starts with us first yeah that that we can say actually Liz trusts messed it up as a human being and just when we see and hear references to her gender even if we agree that she messed it up or any other woman for that point can we remove it from the gender and maybe have a chat even with ourselves about why we find it embarrassing when one of our fellow women mess something up yeah love it because at the end of the day It's not about your gender. It's not about whether you're feminine or masculine. Leaders mess things up sometimes. And some leaders mess things up all the time. But at the end of the day, that's to do with their capability, their knowledge, their experience. It has nothing to do with their gender or anything like that. If you think about it, we could be having the same discussion about Boris. Some people think he messed it up. Some people think he was great. But at the end of the day, the great thing about sitting and having this conversation, Dawn, is this. I no longer feel embarrassed as a woman that Liz Trust messed it up because it's not about her being a woman. Yeah. It's not about that. She, you know, it. there were errors made. There were things done at the wrong timing, full stop. Yeah, and I think that that probably is the culture of narrative that we need to implement moving forward when we see uh, female uh, and male, it's either one or the other. Either remove the narrative or every time a bloke messes up, I'm going to I'm gonna ask how big his penis is <laughs> and um, refer it to how good his bottom is and blame it on the fact that he's a spoiled brat man or something like that. Like, imagine if we did that. And, and there's the thing. If we started doing that, we would be labelled as hard-ass men-hating yeah. feminists. Yeah. Yeah, which we're not. We're absolutely not. I actually would never do that. But can the comparison? So I think the way forward is to, yeah, we're humans doing our best. We mess it up some sometimes. There we go. Yeah, we're humans doing our best. We mess it up, and um, yeah. So thank you, Dawn. I no longer feel thoroughly embarrassed that the third female prime minister in UK history was an embarrassment. So great day. Great chat. I know. Brilliant, isn't it? So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you for your company. And to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.